Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Week three of the college football season already here, folks. Uh, and hopefully the first two full weeks of our favorite sport has been to your liking. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Paul Stone. Uh, I have a podcast. Uh, and after much thought and great debate settled on the name the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Anyway, uh, this week's is episode 69, which is titled, The Smartest People Can Say the Dumbest Things. First of all, today's title is at least somewhat in jest. I don't want to insinuate anyone's dumb. Uh, besides, we all know someone, and I don't want to be this person, but we all know someone who constantly points out the faults of others leading us to ponder perhaps hopefully to ourselves man you know you 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 ought to concentrate on yourself you know you got a few things to work on and we all have plenty to work on you know we all have uh improvements to make in all areas of our lives so it's a little bit in jest folks so listen digest and respond accordingly on any given college football Saturday in a Las Vegas sports book, you can find persons of all nationalities, political preference, religious belief systems, and I'm certain even professions, lines of work. Most people, you know, they don't talk about their nine to five in the sports book, but it's a melting pot. You know, there's quite a few locals, first of all, but otherwise, the sports book population's a blend of this, that, and the other. So in my mind, again, even though people don't talk about it for the most part, there are certainly small business owners, attorneys, accountants, engineers, you know, at least, at least some percentage of persons who have been bestowed a bachelor's degree, and probably even, you know, quite a few more who've gotten master's degrees. And then I would guess, you know, there's a lot, got to be careful how I say this, a lot of people, you know, like me, rounding out the crowd, guys and gals who received a hell of an education, but may or may not have a pretty piece of paper in a frame on the wall to reflect or honor our accomplishments. Which brings me again back to the title of this week's podcast, the smartest people can say the dumbest things. And although I'm using the sports book as an example, let's extend our reach to social media. And what I'm getting at is it's amazing the things that people say or tweet about sports betting, which have absolutely no basis, or in many cases, even 
defy the basic tenets of the craft. And from time to time, you've probably heard me touch on some of these in previous podcasts. And I am one to hammer home points that I believe in. So if you've heard it all before, don't fault me. We're just going to try to impress uh, this belief and hopefully it will become part of your approach uh, as you endeavor in the art and craft of sports betting. I heard someone or, or maybe read somewhere um, within the last week or so and the communicator was actually knowledgeable. Uh, anyway, this is one that we've heard all before. Never bet on bad teams. And the communicator of this was basically taking exception to that approach. And his point was, you know, and he astutely uh, countered by saying that every team has its price. And that's true, you know, but I want to be sure as a person who likes to present all sides of a story, um, I want to throw this out there. If a man, you know, kind of to contradict what I'm saying here, but if a man blindly faded or bet against Yukon, UMass, New Mexico State, and Akron, you know, four of the very worst teams in all of college football, frankly, if a man blindly faded those four teams the last three or four years without regard to the point spread, he would be far closer to the penthouse than the outhouse. Still, the point spread is the great equalizer. Every team, even bad ones, has its price. At Circa, uh, this past Sunday morning uh, there in Las Vegas, Tennessee opened as a 50-point favorite again the, against the uh, previously mentioned hapless Akron Zips. Truly uh, one of college football's perennial, or at least recent, bottom 10 entrance. The Zips, 2-33 and 33 in their last 35 games straight up against FBS opponents. Many would characterize the Zips as a bad, maybe even a very bad college football team. And despite, ten- despite uh, Tennessee's fast-paced, high-octane basketball-on-grass offense, some pretty smart people must have believed 50 was a tad too high. Because of as of late this afternoon, Tennessee, which opened again as a 50-point favorite, that line now down to 47, a three-point move. So there's some money that has come in on the zips. And while a three-point move from 50 down to 47 Certainly not the same as a three-point move from four down to one, uh, hopefully for obvious reasons. It's still worth pointing out. Heard a guy, this is kind of unrelated, kind of moving on, but I heard a guy this past Saturday ask another in the sports book. He asked this question, and we've all heard this question either framed exactly like I'm going to frame it or maybe slightly different, but some variation of this. Who do you like today? To me, first of all, that's synonymous with what tickets do you have in your pocket? In whom are you invested? And the person in this case, when he was asked, who do you like today? The person being quizzed, he rattled off the usual suspects, uh, a handful of mostly 20-something point favorites. 
Alabama, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, USC, and on and on. Named a couple more. What's wrong with that, you might ask? Folks, you can't just name a team. You've got to give me a price, a point spread. As betters, we don't simply take teams. We take teams at prices. And frankly, in my opinion, the price or the point spread is just as important, really more important than the name on the front of the jersey that you're taking. The two are interrelated. You can't have one without the other. I mean, if you were to walk up to the betting window and advise the ticket rider, give me 193 Texas San Antonio, they're going to ask you, and hopefully not in too terse of a tone, hopefully you walked up with a song and a dance, they're going to ask you, sir, do you want Texas San Antonio on the point spread or the money line? You taking the 11? Are you going to go for the gusto and hope to bring home the big dog in the range of plus 350 or plus 375 or thereabouts against the Longhorn Saturday night? So remember, we take numbers. We bet numbers, not teams. So nothing, in my mind, matters more than the price. Yet, there are smart people. Again, attorneys, doctors, and the like who will drive, and this, this is, you've probably heard something like it. I mean, you probably know this exists, but you got smart people with a lot of cash in their pocket. These people will drive 10 miles out of their way to buy gas that's 20 cents cheaper per gallon than the rest of their local market. So they'll drive 10 miles out of their way to do that. But they will bet 11000 to win 10000 on a football game just because it's available at the hotel they're staying. And they'll do it without even thinking to check the point spread at other books in town. Some of those are perhaps right across the street. You know, and if they're not, there's, there's Uber. There's the city bus. Have you ever hitchhiked? You know, man, what are we doing? But again, the smartest people can say the dumbest things. And now for a little quick hitter, I'm going to do something a little bit different this week. I'm going to call this three of a kind. Three of a kind. I might start doing this from time to time. But what I'm going to do is kind of give three quick hitters, you know, things I believe you should be doing in your betting process on a daily or weekly basis, in my humble opinion. Some, again, you've heard before. Some you've maybe heard over and over, but they bear repeating. Without further ado, number one, don't even consider when betting whether a game's on television. You know, I don't bet college football personally for viewing pleasure. I do so for winning pleasure. In fact, what I do is I tend to focus in any time window of games on four or five games on which I don't have a bet. You know, my mind's clear. I don't have any vested interest. My eyes are less likely to lie to me if the pocketbook's not attached to the outcome, so to speak. So don't even consider whether a game's on television. 
And maybe that's just the way you do it, and you're going to do it, and I understand that, but I'm going to at least throw it out there. That is number one. Number two, don't reduce or shrink your possibilities, your betting possibilities, by only betting on certain kinds of teams um, or point spread roles or what have you. So what I mean is don't only bet on underdogs. Don't only bet on visiting teams. Don't only bet on visiting underdogs. You know, sure, you may have your preferences. Uh, you can and should, you know, play to your betting strengths. But don't just wipe away half your options. Don't just reduce the number of potential bets. And again, remember, this is all part of it's all about the number. And sometimes the number is too low. Sometimes it's too high. So don't take away the board by reducing the types of bets or the types of teams or the types of point spread range that you're going to bet on. Number three, and this makes our three of a kind, don't wait until Friday morning or even worse, Saturday morning before you start punching in your bets. You know, first of all, I want to acknowledge for some of you, this is what's available to you. And that's due to geography, your life's responsibilities, a combination of the two, whatever whatever your, your individual case might be. But ideally, you're going to be making a good percentage of your bets on Monday before the market is fully mature, before the vultures have swooped down and left you with nothing but skin and bones. You know, I'm trying to be gruesome there, but that's kind of what it is. You know, you're just left with hardly anything. I mean, look at it this way. I like to use this analogy. If it's Sunday and you're going to buy a car this week, Sunday's the first day of the week, you're going to buy a car this week in the next seven days, is it more advantageous to start searching the marketplace Sunday afternoon? Or is it more advantageous to wait until 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon? Which of those scenarios is going to present you with the widest range of possibilities to obtain the best vehicle at the best price. We bet numbers, folks, not teams. And again, the smartest people can say the dumbest things. And maybe I'm one of those dumb people and I just don't know it. I probably am. I'm dumb about a lot of things. I'm not very mechanical. That's one thing. I'm pretty good with mathematics, but I'm the probably one of the most least mechanical play, uh, persons uh, ever created. But uh, we're going to go on now. Rather than talk about that, we're going to go on to a quick promo for uh, my service, Paul Stone Sports, off of a 5-3 and three record in Week 2 of college football. Uh, you can go see my packages at paulstonesports.org. I'm monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City, proud to say that over the last seven seasons, collectively, sides and totals, regular season and bowls, I'm a combined 56% against the spread. You can get my entire season from today through the national championship game in mid-January for just $4.79. I also have a monthly membership and a weekend pass available for purchase on the website. Again, that website, paulstonesports.org. Going to give you a uh, comp selection, and I'm not sure what the line is. I'm going to use my phone here real quick. 
to give you a up-to-date line and it is currently shortly after 6:30 p.m. on Wednesday, September 14th. So this is the time as you all know lines can change. Some people it's kind of odd they don't realize the lines can change. I think they think they're static, but lines are fluid and they can be very fluid. So lines do change, but I'm going to give you an up-to-date line on this Oklahoma at Nebraska game uh, being played this weekend in Lincoln, uh, less than a week after the Scott Frost tenure uh, ended when he was fired this past Sunday by A.D. Trev Alberts. And uh, I'm going to start out. I'm going to kind of look forward. I'm going to double task here. But, uh, again, the Scott Frost era came to an end uh, this past weekend uh, following Georgia Southern's upset victory over Nebraska in Lincoln, 45-42. This was a team, Georgia Southern, that before defeating Nebraska in their last 12 games against FBS opponents, the Sun Belt School only 2-10. But former USC uh, head coach, rather, Clay Helton, uh, now in charge there at Georgia Southern, and the Eagles seem to have uh, a really uh, nice passing game. They're playing a very up-tempo game. Uh, and they took it to Nebraska and recorded the uh, probably the most significant victory in the program's history this past Saturday, again, defeating Nebraska 45-42. So Frost, he ends his Nebraska coaching career with a very disappointing 16-31 record. That includes a 5-22 mark in one-score games. The Cornhuskers, 6-21 in their last 27 games versus FBS foes. That's straight up six and 21, their last 27 versus FBS foes. Associate head coach Mickey Joseph, he's been appointed as the interim coach there at Nebraska. Make no mistake about it, first of all, unlike last season, Nebraska is not very good on defense. Last year, they went three and nine, but they were really good on defense. You can look at the statistical categories and playing in a, in a major conference, the Big Ten. They fared quite well in many of those key defensive categories. But in losses this year to Northwestern and Georgia Southern, again, not exactly playoff contenders, the Cornhuskers have allowed in those two games a total of 76 points, 1,170 total yards. They've given up a robust 6.8 yards per play. But this recommendation that I'm going to make the line now down to 10 and a half Oklahoma opened I believe on Sunday as a 16 point favorite and we are giving up a lot of value from that opener but I think that opener was really uh, they don't miss many there but I I think they uh, missed this one a little bit but this recommendation it's about that one game emotional bump after uh, Scott Frost firing uh, you're playing a historic rival in front of uh, an emotionally charged sea of big red. You're getting double digits. And Oklahoma, I hate to say this, folks, but they're overrated. If anybody's keeping score at home, currently ranked sixth in the two major polls. The Sooners are not the sixth best team in the nation right now. Probably not even quite a, a top ten team. If Texas gets back Quinn Ewers and he's healthy, um, Texas will beat Oklahoma the second Saturday in October. But in any event, this line now 10 and a half. And my recommendation to you, 
a reeling, hurting Nebraska team keeps it close against longtime rival Oklahoma, take the Cornhuskers. Maybe you can find 11, but if you got to, take 10.5, get the best price you can. But Nebraska, plus 10.5 over Oklahoma this weekend. Well, folks, that does it for another edition of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Really appreciate you joining me. We are uh, going to this Saturday, the 17th of September. It's going to be week three of the college football uh, season. Hope it's going well for you. There's been a lot of great football already. Uh, the three major wins uh, this past weekend uh, by the Sun Belt. Uh, not only did Georgia Southern upset Nebraska, but you had Marshall knocking off Notre Dame uh, at, in South Bend. Uh, all three of these upsets happened on the, the home team's home field or the, the major team's, the favorite's home field. But uh, again, Marshall defeating Notre Dame in South Bend, Appalachian State going into College Station and upsetting Texas A&M. And then the one we've talked about already, Georgia Southern and quarterback Cal Van Treese and former USC head coach Clay Helton now in his first season at Georgia Southern uh, on the sideline, Georgia Southern again beats Alabama in Lincoln. So there you have it. Another Paul Stone Sports Podcast. You guys have a great week. Have a great weekend of watching college football. Until next time, again, signing off, I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions. 